You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, The Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to The Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey and we're the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? I am. Next stop, the trend zone. In today's episode, we'll talk about the chase for the playoffs. A little survivor, a little fantasy go back starts of the week, and we'll discuss all of the awesome NFL action coming up in week 13. But before that gets happening, Casey, give the people what they demand. Give them a tasty nug. Oh, yeah, I got the sticky icky, bro. Including <laughs> Dog Bears and the Raiders game winning field goals as time expired on Thanksgiving. There have been 25 games decided by a game-winning score on the final play of the season. That is the most ever through Week 12. And, Dave, there have been 40 games with a game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation and overtime. That's the third most ever. These games are toy like a toyger, and the <laughs> highs and lows are just bonkers, dude. No doubt. You I'm coming know. up a pretty good football weekend, though. Let's see. The uh, Cowboys lost on Thanksgiving. Sooners <laughs> lost on Saturday. Lincoln Riley bails. <laughs> I lost both my fantasy teams and I got destroyed in the picks. But other than that, I woke up in a great mood. <laughs> what the hell happened? Well, my my uh, weekend was similar as the Chargers lost. Notre Dame lost their head coach. Uh, I lost in both of my fantasy leagues and my picks sucked also. So there you have it, I guess. <laughs> Misery loves company, up. baby. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're in the right mood to do a show. <laughs> what oh, could go man. wrong? <laughs> Oh, man. All right, Casey, let's talk about this uh, NFL action coming up. Let's take a look at the playoff picture right now. Yeah, dude. And in the race for that final playoff berth, each conference has nine games within one game of that seven seed. Tons of teams around. So just because you're out of it right now doesn't mean you're going to be out of it soon. Yeah, no doubt. And Dave, in 15 of the past 17 seasons, at least one club with the sub-500 record after 11 games, has made the playoffs. Two teams did it last season. So as far-fetched as it sounds, Dave, it's not that far of a fetch, bro. Nice. You got to look for those sub-500 teams that are lurking, Casey. Let's talk about the actual mathematics of it, Casey. Believe it or not, not a single team has been eliminated <laughs> from playoff contention. Not even the Detroit Lions uh, with no wins and 10 losses and a tie, Casey. They need approximately 437 things to go their way. And if they win this weekend, they're still alive going yeah. into next week. So that's um, a pretty far-fetched scenario. But at this point, Detroit's alive, man. And, dude, the bizarre world, Detroit Lions are right there as the one seed in the NFC ready for another Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but they they want win you... all the time in the playoffs, don't they? That's right. All <laughs> right, let's take a quick look at the AFC, bro. Well, who's who's in right now? Yeah, and the AFC, man, it is awesome at this point in time. Um, the division leaders, Baltimore, New England, Tennessee, and Kansas City sitting pretty uh, up top there, the wild cards at this point, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and our Los Angeles Chargers sitting at six and five. They happen to be in a three-way tie in the AFC West. The other teams that are lurking just outside, also six and five, the Raiders, also six and five, the Broncos at six and six, the Colts, five, five and one, Pittsburgh. How about six and six, Cleveland, Casey? Still there, man. That bye week coming at the perfect time for them. Try to get a little healthy and. Don't look now, but Tua's got those Dolphins. They're lurking, baby. They're trying to climb <laughs> out of that tuna net and get into the playoffs. 
We'll see if they can make that thing happen. Are to... they that sub 500 team that's going to swing it around and make it at this point, Casey? Hmm. You've targeted them, it seems. Take a look at the NFC Forest case. Yeah, dude. Uh, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cowboys are all leading their division. And then, dude, a couple NFC West teams, the Rams and the Niners would be there, as well as the Washington football team. And then, Dave, we got uh, three teams of five and six out of there, and then a couple of five and seven teams right at the outskirts. They're trying to get in there. So, <laughs> Wow, man. It is unbelievable. And that extra playoff game, it doesn't hurt anyone, Casey. It keeps more teams alive for longer. And the fact that there's just one buy now at the top means those teams at the top are going to keep playing all the way to the end of the season. The idea of resting players becomes more and more uh, of an unlikely scenario. Yeah, dude. In that last Fiesta of the Year, the Super Bowl, the odds are coming in. Leading the way are the Bucks, the Chefs, the Pack, and the Bills, dude. Yeah, don't forget about the Cardinals, Casey. They're sitting there at number five. A nice sweet bet there for the team with the best record in the NFL. Wow. <laughs> All right, Casey, let's move it along to the Survivor Three Strikes Pool. We're both dead, so I guess the game's over. Not exactly. Apparently, there's still some other people hanging around, Casey. Yeah, dude, and I don't mind being dead in this thing. It's almost easier <laughs> it's to not relief. even think about this crap. Oh, but you were sweating it if you were in because the most popular correct pick last week was the Chicago Bears that needed that last second field goal to beat those Detroit Lions. And the most popular incorrect pick were the Eagles over the Giants. Yeah, runner up for most popular incorrect pick. No, no, no. Uh, it's no. Not your, maybe it's your Cowboys. <laughs> All right, moving into next week, people are, are heading towards the Rams over the Jacksonville Jaguars as the most popular pick. Uh, if you happen to be still so alive and all that good stuff. Casey, fantasy go back starts of the week where we take a look back in time and see if there's anything we could have done better as owners of our fantasy squads. What do you got? Yeah, Dave, I just had one of those clunker weeks. I thought it was getting real cute in uh, last second sub. Tony Jones in there. I was running back uh, for the Saints against the Bills. That netted me 2.7. But, Dave, you know it's going bad when uh, the Bucks score 38 points there and Tom Brady only gets you a 13. So um, I could have had a couple more points, but I got destroyed by the disco donkeys that like disco music. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine isn't really as much my fault in this first circumstances, Casey, but there's two cir circumstances that we both identified. The Jags going offside against the, uh, the Falcons, who hit a field goal when they went offside. So they decide to take those points off the board, get a touchdown as a result. Instead of getting a three, I got just a one and I lost by 1.2, excuse me, 1.4 points. So if they'd have just kept that field goal on the board, never take points off the board. Mm -mm. Dang it. And Don't then of it. course, Jarvis Landry fumbled. That cost me two points. If he hadn't have fumbled, I'd have been in good shape anyways to win in my other league. Casey, it was of my own doing. I hate to play uh, players against my own team. In this case, I did not want to play the Denver Broncos defense against the chargers. Instead, I put in Carolina and if if I'd have put in Denver, I'd have won easily. They had a pick six and another pick. It was a pretty good score for them, like a 20. See, Dave, you got that all wrong. You play a team that's going against yours because if they suck, you're like, oh, well, at least my team, you know, won. But you sit I them out it. and you know they're going to get you. Yeah, fantasy lessons to be learned. That case. Yeah. That's, and that's it's, a 
That's right. It's a football dude's going head to head in week 13 here with uh, oh. a playoff berth on the line. So oh, uh, I'm at 66. <laughs> my team is limping to the uh, finish line, dude. I'm just hoping to get in and make a couple more cashes before this season's over. So yeah, if I can cash in any money, I'll be I'll be happy. Uh, ever since Derrick Henry went down, and it's kind of my team oh. downhill. Brutal. <laughs> All right, Casey. Moving on to the uh, fantasy pickups for the week in our astronomical fantasy section for the people. Carolina, Cleveland, Green Bay, and Tennessee on by might put you in a situation where you need to pick up a streamer. Um, who do you got at the quarterback position? Yeah, dude, this week. How about Carson Wentz, man? He's got that lucky horseshoe on the helmet. He had a real nice week against the Bucks, throwing a few touchdowns there, going up against those Houston Texans, dude, available in over half of the leagues. So if you can still get Carson Wentz out there, go ahead and do it. Yeah, otherwise Mac Jones has been lighting it up too, Casey. All right, at running back, I like Minnesota's Alexander Madison, dude. Alexander be, Madison. <laughs> they'll Madison. be Detroit, right? And hopefully they'll be running the ball a lot, protecting a nice lead there in Detroit late in that football game. Obviously with Dalvin Cook out for a couple of weeks with that uh, dislocated shoulder there. Uh, so Madison looking to be picking up the slack there. And the last couple of times that Cook hasn't played, Madison has played very well uh, uh, in there for him. He's available in about 40% of the leagues at, at this point in time. What about wide receiver case? Dude, I'm shocked to see this guy on our waiver wire, Van Jefferson of our Rams, man, going up against the Jags. He's available in 74% of leagues. He's really been that number two guy over Odell Beckham uh, since Robert Woods. Uh, got hurt. So I really like yeah. what Jefferson, I like his role in this offense. I think it's going to continue to grow. Yeah. And at tight end, Casey, I like uh, the Raiders, Foster Moreau. Uh, he'll be playing Washington this week with Waller out likely for a couple of weeks, at least this week, it looks like for sure. Um, that would put the, the starting gig for Foster Moreau. And uh, he's going to be an awesome option. Last time that um, Waller missed a game earlier in the season. Moreau caught six passes, 60 yards, and a touchdown. So that was a nice, nice, uh, you know, substitution right yeah. there. So if you happen to have Waller and you're rolling with him, you can't get him. Get your get your hands on Foster Moreau. All right, let's get out of the fantasy realm, as astronomical as that may be, Dave. <laughs> let's get to the real games, bro. Yeah, Casey, seven games from week 13 are between divisional opponents, dude. And Whoa. Yeah, the remaining 92 games left in the season, 49 of them, well over half, will be divisional battles, including, of course, every game in the final week, Casey. It's all right in front of you, basically, is what this is what this is saying, man. Did you say it was week 13? It is week 13 right now, Casey. They're slipping away. <laughs> ah, shoot, it sure is, Casey. But it's not over yet, Casey. And it's going to get started this week on Thursday Night Football with a big game for your Dallas Cowboys as they cruise to New Orleans and play the Saints on the road. The Cowboys are favored by four and a half, dude. Yeah, Cowboys reeling a little bit here, lost two of the last three, and the coaching staff has been decimated by COVID this week. Ooh. So defensive coordinator, a.k.a. the techno-Viking Dan Quinn, will be acting as head coach with Mike McCarthy out. And on offense, we should be getting C.D. Lamb back, who missed uh, last week with a concussion, and a somewhat healthy Amari Cooper, although the word mm -hmm. is he's still not feeling great, but just having him out there on the field will make a huge difference. And on defense, dude, the Cowboys also expect to get Demarcus Lawrence back in the lineup for the first time since week one. He will be a nice addition to that front four. Love to see him and Parsons on the field at the same time. Wow. But they've... 
the boys got to get back to running the football. Neither Zeke or Pollard have gone over 70 yards rushing since week five. That's a bad formula for winning games. Hopefully they're done shuffling that offensive line around. Um, they've got the pieces now. If everybody can stay healthy, they've got their starting five. And hopefully they can just continue to get that balance back with the run pass with healthy guys up front. It is going to be rocking. But that Saints team um, is a team that these Cowboys should beat. And if they can get past these Saints, they can look forward to 10 days off before that home stretch facing divisional opponents in four of their last five games, Dave. Mm. So this is a game that the Cowboys can get right in and get the big dub. But easier said than done. But those Saints have been, not been playing great football, but they've got a little change coming to quarterback, too. Yeah, that's true, Casey. And they're sitting at five and six. So it's kind of a pivotal time for the Saints at home to kind of rally um, the troops there. But, you know, obviously coming coming off of that uh, Thanksgiving uh, loss to Buffalo there, uh, the Saints have won, excuse me, have lost four in a row right now. So it's really gone south for them. Their offense has not been good, although Trevor Simeon has put up some decent numbers. Generally speaking, they're just they haven't been very good at passing. They were a run heavy team but they haven't had Kamara to lean on lately. So that's kind of gone away for them. So they're basically below average rushing the ball right now too. So it's really not that great of an offense, which leads us to why they decided to make this change with uh, the quarterback position and try out Taysom Hill. He's been getting the number one snaps this week or expect him to play basically the entire game as a standard quarterback and not see Trevor Simeon on the field. Uh, Last time, uh, basically in the, um, in the uh, four career starts for Taysom, Taysom Hill, he has eight touchdowns, four rushing and four passing. So another fantasy tip, if you can't get some of the quarterbacks we mentioned earlier, this guy does tend, since he's a running quarterback, tends to put up pretty good uh, fantasy numbers. And he's kind of the wild card in this game, Casey, giving, hopefully from the from the perspective of the Saints, giving them that boost that they haven't been have they haven't had lately with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. But the defense here, Casey, you talked about the Cowboys getting that run game going and getting that line kind of right and everything and i i'm with you on that that's that's got to be big on the cowboys hit list but this defense is great versus the run over here they're third uh in the league and otherwise they're not very good defensively they're not really great against the pass or or you know in scoring wise or turnover wise or anything so um you know if you can run stuff just guys. happens in the dome though dude i don't right. know what to expect yeah. out of this game I it's going to be we interesting win, but- yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, maybe you'll uh, be able to run on them later after you loosen them up a little bit. That's probably what I would see uh, happening in this game. All right, Dave. Up next, we got the Tampa Bay Bucks at the Atlanta Falcons, and those Bucks are ten and a half point favorites on the road. <laughs> Playoff stretch, Casey and Lenny coming off of a four TD game versus the Colts. Bucks look to keep it rolling. Versus a Falcons team that's shockingly still just on the outskirts of a playoff team, dude. Can you believe it? They're on the outskirts. This looks like a game where the Buccaneers uh, get everything clicking to me, right? Yeah. All right, case up next, the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. The Vikings on the road favored by six and a half. Yeah, most likely no Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Swift. Lions playing for pride. See what I did there, Dave? <laughs> a little turn of phrase there. Yeah, but the Vikes wow. are one of four teams at five and six fighting for that seventh seed in the NFC. They can't afford to mess around with these Lions. No doubt about it, dude. All, All right. right, up next, it's the yeah. Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans, and the Colts are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, and the Colts let one slip away last oh. week. Tampa Bay, that was a good game, but 
let it slip away. They cannot have that happen again this week. You got to go out there and beat a bad football team, although the Texans are playing pretty good football. But you got to get out there and just crush them, keep the playoff hopes alive for the Colts. Yeah, I like what I've been seeing out of the Colts, uh, the loss withstanding last week, obviously. Exactly. New York Giants, Casey, at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins at home, favored by two and a half. I think it'd be more because two and the Finns are so hot right now. They've won four in a row, but a big reason why during that win streak, the D has only given up an average of an 11 half points per game, starting to play good football. It'd be interesting to see how they finish this season. Yeah, and like you said, the Finns could be the team that's lurking that strikes. All right, up next day, the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Jets, the Eagles seven and a half point favorites. Yeah, and Philly lost a clunker last night to the Jersey team, Casey. And if they want to make a run at the playoffs, and they do, then they better not do that again this week against the Jets. Got to get that ground game going and, and just take it away and crush the Jets, dude. I like it. Up next case, it is the Arizona Cardinals at the Chicago Bears. The Cardinals on the road favored by seven and a half. Yeah, speaking of clunkers, besides that clunker versus Carolina, these Cardinals have consistently looked like one of the best teams in the NFL, and they're coming off a much-needed bye week, and they're hoping to get healthy at the right time. Uh, Kyler and D-Hop, they were both at practice on Wednesday, and Kingsbury is hopeful they're both going to play on Sunday. So we'll see what happens there. Colt McCoy's actually been really efficient mm-hmm. in the games he started uh, in Kyler's absence. But James Conner, dude, hasn't been running for a lot of yards, just a lot of touchdowns. I'll take that any day of the week. He's got 12 on the season. But you got to show Vance Joseph and that defense some love. They're giving up just over 18 points a game. They have the best record in the league, Dave, and they're currently holding on to that precious number one seed and the bye week in the NFC. Don't mess around with the crappy Seahawks team, dude. <laughs> no doubt. All right. Uh, the Bears, right? Oh, got did I say Seahawks? You meant the Bears. I meant the Seahawks, Bears, whatever. It's all the yeah. same. <laughs> all right. So Bears coming off of that win. Dave, they are who I thought they were, and I let them off the hook. <laughs> that that win, Casey, on Thanksgiving for the Bears was delicious. It snapped a five-game losing streak. The offense for this team ranks near the bottom of the league in all the major stats. They're last in passing the football, uh, but eighth in the run. So uh, a lot of times when you have that running quarterback there, um, it, it obviously it helps that running game uh, to kind of crank it up there, though. Uh, it will probably be Andy Dalton this week, Casey, who had a pretty nice game uh, last week with 317 yards and a TD uh, along with his pick. Um, ran, running the football, Montgomery is kind of getting back into a rhythm, 74 yards last week. But Mooney was the dude, the receiver that broke out. And had a huge game. I know this as I was playing against him in fantasy, and it was not pleasant uh, seeing him go off for 123 yards. Cole Komet, the former uh, Notre Damer, with eight catches and um, 65 yards and a touchdown last week. Oh, excuse me, and, and 65 yards. And Jimmy Graham with a touchdown last week getting into the action. Defensively, dude, these guys are not the uh, what we think of as the Chicago Bears, classically speaking. Uh, they're not the monsters of the midway. They've got some talented players in Robert Quinn, who had a sack last week. Uh, as well as Roquan Smith, um, who is who, who is a tackle machine with 113 tackles, but um, definitely not a collectively uh, a unit that's putting up uh, good numbers at this point in time. All right, up next, Dave, our Los Angeles Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. And who day? Three and a half point favorites at home. Wow. 
And, you know, it's not to be uh, unexpected there uh, to me as a Charger uh, fan that follows closely this Charger team after going four and one has been really up and down. And uh, they really have struggled to to consistently uh, execute on offense. The offensive line has been a little bit more banged up. They're down to last week. They had only two of their original starters on the season left in the lineup. So it was a big issue uh, last week. It will probably be a big issue uh, for the rest of the season and certainly this weekend. But the offense overall, um, coming off that loss in Denver, the offense, uh, seventh in yards and sixth in pass, those are the good things. They're not uh, that great in running, but Eckler, the best runner there, is uh, sort of a, you know, uh, rushing, receiving kind of dual threat like there. So we get that kind of extension of the passing game or the running game through the passing game. But Justin Herbert, you know, a nice game, another 300-yard game for Herbert, two touchdowns, but the two picks really hurt him. Both of them are deflected off of, uh, uh, one was an uh, was an underthrow, that was his fault, but the other one was deflected and they both went to Patrick Sertain, uh, one for a pick six. But, you know, he is the, I mean, it seems like he's in a bit of a sophomore slump, but he is the, um, he just had his 14th 300-yard passing game. That's the most ever for a quarterback in his first two seasons, and there's still five games left. So um, he's having a pretty nice season. Just need to consistently put it together offensively. Yeah. Seems like it's a hit and miss, a couple of good plays, and then uh, then they struggle to, to put together a couple more. Uh, but Eckler uh, continues to be productive. Keenan Allen is an absolute third-down converter. Every time it's third down, they should just look for Keenan. Seven catches, 85 yards last week. He's not totally lighting up the sto- the scoreboard like with big big catches or touchdown catches he just moves the chains regularly for this team defensively this team is pretty good versus the pass it's scheme wise leaning towards this though to be good against the pass and not as good against the run but they don't want to be 32nd versus the run that's not how the scheme is supposed to work they got to do a better job with their run fix the dbs got to get to the line of scrimmage and plug up those gaps there's a scheme and they're just not running it well enough at this point they're 29th in points per game that's evidence that they are not getting it done on the defensive side of the football with a defensive genius head coach, uh, Brandon Staley, in his first year after coaching the Rams to the number one defense last year. But speaking of defense, you have to men- mention Joey Bosa. He had a sack and a forced fumble. Kaiser White had 12 sacks, uh, 12 tackles rather last week. I wish he had 12 sacks. And then Derwin James had a pick last week. There's talent there. They just need to put it all together uh, and, and start playing better collectively. Yeah, well, they better do that this weekend. And that yeah, run uh, defense, that's got me a little bit worried because Joe Mixon, dude, is beasting oh. all over the league. And he freaking sizzled me. I got him last year. I could have got him this year in the fantasy, but I, he burned me last year, so I couldn't. Last week, <laughs> career high, 165 yards and two TDs. Aiming for his ninth game in a row with a TD. Aiming for his fifth game in a row with two TDs. And his fourth in a row with 110-plus scrimmage yards. Dave, you better tell your Chargers they better plug some of those holes and try tackling. Um, And it's not only Joe Mixon. It's Joe Cool, too. Joey B. He's playing very well, dude. Last week, 20-24, career-high 83.3 completion percentage. um, Gave him a 96 passer rating. And they're right behind these uh, Ravens with a a game to go against them. And they've played pretty well. Let a couple games slide against some lesser opponents. Let's see if they can remove that and make a hardcore run in the playoffs here. And defensively, dude, Trey Hendrickson, man, you think the Saints are missing this guy? He's got 10 and a half sacks this season, including one and at least seven straight games. Dave, it feels like these Bengals are finally trying to put this thing together. 
But uh, as Bungles fans know in the past, they're going to hold their breath until they see what happens. But a lot of nice pieces there and a lot of excitement in Cincinnati, dude. Yeah, they made a couple of statement victories this year, especially divisionally there. But like you said, they've dropped a couple of mystery games along the way. Maybe Joe Burrow has a little something to say about who should have been rookie of the year. He wants his trophy back. That's right. (laughs) If he wouldn't have gotten hurt, who knows, Casey? All right, moving on to the late slate. Um, It's the Jacksonville Jaguars at our Los Angeles Rams. The Rams favored by 12 and a half in this one. Yeah, dude, Rams riding a three-game losing streak, so nothing like seeing Herb and the Jags come to town. That should be good for what ails you. The Rams got to get back on track, man. They have aspirations to make a Super Bowl run and host that Super Bowl. Yeah, no question about it, Casey. This is a get-right game for the Rams. All right, Dave, we got a Super Bowl rematch from yesteryear. The Washington football team at the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, uh, let's talk Washington FTs, baby. Coming off that uh, tight victory on Monday night against the Seahawks. Kind of a desperate Seahawks team that was dangerous with Danger Russ. Uh, and they h- handled their business there. They've won three in a row, including a game against the, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Obviously, that's an impressive victory. Um, and, you know, the o- offense overall... It, it's average, but they're 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 getting pretty good at running the football, dude. But let's talk t- t- Taylor Heineke first. You know, this is a guy that's trying to make it, you know, make this his team and let everybody know he's an undrafted uh, guy uh, playing quarterback in the NFL. It's a pretty rare scenario, um, and he's playing pretty defense. He's kind of like a gutsy gamer kind of a quarterback. Yeah. And obviously, when he came uh, onto the scene in that playoff game. Kind of everybody just started rooting for him, but that, the luster's worn off a little I bit. I wasn't rooting for him. Yeah, you weren't, but I was. I was like, this guy's making this fun, man. Anyways, Antonio Gibson, the former wide receiver, uh, who's now officially a running back for sure, running the ball extremely uh, well, 146 yards from scrimmage and seven receptions last week. A very impressive performance. Uh, also, J.D. McKissick, um, he had uh, uh, five catches and... Uh, both uh, a rushing and a receiving touchdown last week. He did leave banged up, and I didn't hear if he was going to be able to go this week uh, or not. So check into that because uh, he was a nice uh, one-two, uh, you know, the two to the Antonio Gibson's one there at that at that running back position. Terry McLaurin uh, also obviously consistently dangerous uh, on the receiving end there, Casey. Hopefully this Washington football team can make it four in a row against the Raiders. No, Dave, I'm looking for the Raiders to make it two in a row after they beat my Cowboys uh, <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Had a lot of assistance from the referees there. Hockley's, man, he got more camera time than Dak. That's for certain, dude. Oh, so much laundry on the field. But you got to give it up to these Raiders. We left them in the game. Well, they started the game strong, and we tried to get back in. But they're able to play some pretty good football when they're doing their Raider thing. And Derek Carr has been pretty efficient. Uh, No interceptions last week. Uh, Josh Jacobs had a real nice game against the Cowboys, 112 scrimmage yards in a TD. And uh, Kenyon Drake is a nice uh, combo to that running tandem there. You mentioned earlier, Darren Waller probably not going to be in this thing, um, but he's leaning towards Carr is going to Hunter Renfro. He had a career high in catches and yards last week with eight for 134, and he's got at least five catches in uh, his last six of seven games at home. So the Raiders have a a lot of different weapons uh, or different ways to get at you on offense. The defense is just okay. Yannick Ngakwe, he's got eight sacks for them. 
Uh, Max Crosby, obviously, getting in the backfield a lot. And former Charger Denzel Perryman's been pretty nice, too. So um, lots to play for for the Raiders. We mentioned they're in a three-way tie sitting just on the outskirts of this uh, AFC playoff race. So um, I'm a big silver and black fan on Sunday, Dave. So you better watch it, my friend. <laughs> Go FT. The FT <laughs> defense, very strong versus the run. Not so good versus the pass. Might be a big day for Derek Carr. All right, Casey. Hopefully not, though. <laughs> Up next is the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one's going to be physical, I'm pretty sure. Uh, these guys have played each other a lot of times, these two head coaches in this league, and they're almost even. I forget uh, whether it's Tomlin or Harbaugh that has a slight edge in this matchup. I believe it is Mike Tomlin with a slight matchup edge in their uh, long history of doing battle but this one, Casey, is the Ravens at the Steelers. Ravens on the road favored by three and a half. Yeah, and I think this is the first time that the Ravens have ever been the favorite in Pittsburgh. Wow. So, um, you know, these Ravens, dude, they've been banged up. Obviously, all the running backs that they've lost and they've had injuries left and right. But yet here they're sitting at top of the AFC at eight and three with the best record, man. They just find ways to win games and they yep. they do it late, too. I think they have the most wins on the last play of the game. And the most wins in a game that's like within one score in the last couple minutes. But uh, Lamar Jackson, dude, four interceptions last week uh, was not good, but they still found a way to win this game. And a lot is going to be on Lamar, his shoulders uh, moving forward. He obviously loves Mark Andrews, had the huge touchdown on that play last week where he dropped back about 30 yards and found uh, Andrews coming back towards him. And Marquise Brown, another sooner right there, most of his uh, big weapons there. The defense is not what it used to be here, but uh, you know, this team will go as, as far as Lamar can take them. Yeah. He's obviously been a league MVP and coming off a four interception game last week. I expect him to be much better this week, but Dave, he's going against a very desperate Pittsburgh team, but I don't know that there's anything they can do about it. They're banged up and there's a ton of issues in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. That's the thing. One thing you said that the Steelers and, and Tomlin and you got to think that with the 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 guys they have there with Roethlisberger and and and, and such that this is a game where they have to make a stand at five yeah. five and one. If they want to make the playoffs, this is a game they have to get it turned around. And losing, they got clobbered by Cincinnati forty one to ten. There, they're on a three game non winning streak. They have the tie and two games that they lost. And like I said, you got to get it done somehow. Right now. Up next, it's the at Minnesota host Tennessee at Kansas City host Cleveland and then another one at Baltimore. That is not a very friendly schedule for a team that needs to put together a winning streak here. So let's talk uh, about the um, the offense here. It's not very good in running the football. That's not very Tomlin like we talked about it uh, our, uh earlier, Casey, these guys kind of gave up. It felt like last week in that yeah. football game. Not pretty, dude. Najee Harris has been good, but they, they aren't a good running team. And guess what? Defensively, they're not good at stopping the run e either. That's pretty bad when you're going against a team like the Ravens that loves to run the football and they're going to get into their heavy package and try and run over this Steelers team, Casey. The Steelers also, Deontay Johnson's been great for them, Chase Claypool, but they have this young tight end, Casey, whose name escapes me right now. Patrick Henry Fryermoot. <laughs> he's been coming on. Now he's in the concussion protocol. They'll need him. TJ Watt coming back. 
uh, he's and he's kind of getting back into the flow of things after missing a handful of games there. Uh, he had a handful of tackles for loss and two sacks the last time these played. He's going to have to make that kind of statement in this game for the Steelers to win. Yeah, I'm not even sure that dude's going to play. He got banged up at the last uh, yep. the end of the game last week. So it's yep. just all bad for Pittsburgh. I've never seen this happen to a Tomlin team. So um, we're going to find out how much fight is left in those guys. All right, Dave, up next, we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks, and the Niners are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, and this is a three-game win streak coming off that uh, win uh, against Minnesota there, including um, in in that three-game win streak, wins also against the Rams. So some pretty quality wins there uh, in the NFC. Their offense has been uh, slightly above average, but really good at running the football. And... uh, you know, Jimmy G's got a stabilizing factor for them. So Elijah Mitchell, the 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 rookie, had 168 yards last year uh, or last week, rather. Uh, you know, they're they're putting it together on the ground for sure. Defensively, they're very strong too. Sixth in yards and 11th in points, and six versus the pass. So the only thing they're not as good in, in as, is is getting the ground game going. Yeah, dude, these are teams going in different direction. You mentioned it. The Niners have won three in a row. They're running the damn football, and they're currently the sixth seed. The Hawks have lost six and seven, Ugh. and and they're, they just signed Adrian Peterson, and they don't even have their first-round pick in 22. They traded it to the Jets for Jamal Adams. Ouch. It's all bad. Oh, brutal, dude. All right, moving on to Sunday night football. It's the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs at home favored by nine and a half against us. Pretty good Bronco team. Wow. Big number. I, I know, dude. These Broncos, they're polar opposites each week, too. One week, they look great. One week, they look totally crappy. Um, yeah. Last week, they came out and put it on your Chargers there, and they don't do anything great. They were just super efficient. And, man, when they get that running game going with Gordon and Williams, dude, just watch the hell out, man. It was They were beasting last week and just kind of wore you guys down. Cortland Sutton, he's back. He's healthy. Tim Patrick's looking good. My guy, Jerry Judy, where are you, bro? I haven't really seen you do too much there. <laughs> and then on defense, no Von Miller, but the, that front four gets a ton of pressure, man. They made it tough on Herbert all last week. Big and time. then you mentioned earlier, Pastor Tan, he had two interceptions. So uh, Broncos still have a ton to play for. If this game was in Denver, I might feel a little better about their chances. But it's in Kansas City, and these Chiefs have won four in a row. So uh, I think the the love fest for these Broncos might be ending on Sunday night around 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, yeah no question, Casey. We're, what we were asking after, like, week five or something, what's wrong with the Chiefs? They're in disarray, blah, blah, blah. Like you just said, they've won four straight right now uh, coming off of the bye. Pretty sure that Andy Reid has a pretty good record coming off of the bye. He's, like, lethal. When he has that I'm extra- pretty sure he likes cheeseburgers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does. Probably, probably got one in his pocket right now, Casey. But uh, this offense was a little bit sort of out of sorts a little bit early, but now they're second overall in yards, they're fourth in pass, and they're ninth in points. So they figured that thing out right there. And uh, obviously Mahomes, you know, he, he he's magic. He can always keep, they're they're always in it with Mahomes. Uh, throwing the ball and his, like I said, oh, it's a terrible season, blah, blah, blah. He has 3,200 yards and 25 touchdowns right now. So he's playing pretty good football. Clyde Edwards Alaire was back in the mix after missing a handful of games there with 76 yards and a touchdown uh, in week 11. And 
uh, you know, defensively, Casey, which seemed completely awful early, they're actually pretty average right now, which is pretty surprising because in order to get to average from where they started, they had they have to be playing some really good football. They have playmakers, and one of which jumps out at me is Chris Jones. The guy is an absolute Ugh. beast at the uh, at the def- in the defensive line. There, he yeah. is a disruptive force in there. Uh, three and a half sacks, a forced fumble, a fumble recover c- recovery, and a pass defense in week 11. Oh, so, who did they? Oh, thanks. Yeah, right, yeah, I just yeah, got sorry passed about that. Yeah. You're, yeah. Sorry. Nightmare. Uh, Frank Clark, uh, also a sack and a forced fumble in week 11. Uh, and of course they have the honey badger back there. Those kind of players make plays for Spags defense. So, um, they're going to have to make some of those plays against, uh, kind of a, a slow and steady, like even keel offensive uh, attack from the Broncos. All right, Dave. And then Monday night, maybe our best Monday night game of the season. We have the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are three and a half point favorites at home. And Dave, this is two of the league's top defenses with points and first downs are probably going to be pretty hard to come by. New England's allowed the fewest points per game and Buffalo has allowed the fewest yards per game. Dave, something's got to give on Monday night. (laughs) Yeah. And this uh, this Patriots team is arguably, you know, the hottest team in the league right now, six game winning streak, and they've averaged over 35 points per game in those wins. Mac wow. Jones is uh, looks like he's the the lock for the rookie of the year at, at being the last quarterback taken in the first round there. But coming off a game where he was nearly 72 percent. Um, and 310 yards, two touchdowns, a 123 rating. Uh, he's got a chance to be uh, put together some actual little records of his own if he continues with that kind of percentage of completions. And he's not just thinking and dunking. He's throwing it all over the yard, man. Um, one thing about this team, they can run the football. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson is a nice one-two punch between them. Harris, 52 yards in the score last week. Stevenson, 75 yards in three of the last four. So definitely getting it done there. Um, and plenty of weapons. My, Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, you know, they don't, you know, scare you or whatever. They just keep making plays, you know. Yeah. And like you mentioned, this defense, how good are they? The fourth against uh, in total yards, third against the pass, number one in points per game. Uh, they're not their only weak spot. Maybe is that they're not a great run defense, but that might not really hurt them in this matchup uh, against Buffalo Bills. And when you talk about their um, their defense, it's also about the takeaways, dude. And that's and they they protect the ball well. That's giving them a plus ten ratio. That's pretty outlandish. Yeah, dude, and these Bills, they had kind of stumbled down the stretch and lost a couple games they had no business losing. But on Thanksgiving, we kind of saw them get their form again, especially Josh Allen had that Josh Allen game, uh, 23-28, career-high, 82% completions, 260 yards, four TDs, and he also threw in uh, 40 rush yards. Um, So that was pretty good for him. Matt Breida's kind of been the guy that stepped in there to be that that running game, they're still really missing it. And that worries me about them moving forward. But this year they've really leaned on that defense. You mentioned the plus 10 for the, the Patriots on turnovers. Mm -hmm. These bills are plus nine there. So they're really relying on that defense and it's kept them in a lot of games while the the offense was kind of funky there. So, um, you know, in years past, the bills have gotten close and weren't able to get over that edge against these Patriots. Now those roles have kind of changed, even though the bills really haven't done anything since right. Tom Brady's been gone, 
but it feels the other way now. But you look up, and the Patriots are the team leading this division. So this is a critical game. And for the Bills to really get where they want to go, they got to beat these Patriots and establish themselves at the top of this AFC East. Can they do that? I don't know. We're going to find out on Monday night. But I am super stoked for this game, bro. Lots to be uh, said for how the AFC playoff race is going to go down starting with this one. Yeah, this is a heck of a matchup. This feels like a playoff game uh, yeah. right now in week 13. So uh, it's going to be a very, very exciting football Sunday night or Monday night, rather. All right, Case, okay, so that is going to do it. Uh, so many ways you can check out the football dudes. We're available for subscription. This podcast you're listening to, The Trend Zone, available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Instagram and Facebook, and follow us on Twitter, Football Dudes LA, and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. Enjoy week 13 of the NFL, folks. For Casey, I'm Dave. We are out of here.